This is the Limo Show 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 Show. So for your limo, yeah. I would love to know, uh, as you're like very successful guy in business, uh, what are the similarities between business and dating, like the common mm -hmm. ones? Man, there are so many similarities between dating and business. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So first of all, the same process you have in business when it comes to getting a prospect from a non-buyer to like a buyer to a client is is very similar there's like in 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 dating there's like this courtship phase right where you're gonna you're gonna start you know uh, generating some interest from her getting her attention first building rapport then potentially going on a first date then you know i mean some people close on a first date but you can also take more time and you know and get to know her more etc and escalate things gradually and so the same process uh, that you can have with women when it comes to closing the deal with women also applies to business in many ways and vice versa. Uh, sales equals dating, dating equals sales. I mean, the same way you're going to communicate your value to a woman, uh, you're, you can also communicate your value to, to a potential prospect, etc. Uh, the same communication skills and psychological understandings that you would have in seduction can also be transferable to business. That's why a lot of guys who work on their dating life for a long time, a lot of guys who develop their seduction skills are way more powerful in business than guys who didn't because they kind of understand some very subtle nuances about psychology that guys who just were, were just kicking out on their computer and never went out don't kind of understand, don't kind of get. So I've noticed this in business, like guys who are true, truly powerful charismatic communicators Men are usually also pretty good with women and they understand a lot of things about psychology and communication and influence and attraction and how, um, how the whole dating process works. Not, not all the time. I mean, there's plenty of billionaires who have no clue what they're doing with women. Uh, there's plenty of examples out there. I mean, we've seen all these billionaires getting divorced and the girl getting half the money. But still, most of the time, I've seen a lot of guys who are very successful in dating And that also transfers on to, to business too. They, they have a lot more power in, in negotiation in business, for example. I like Trump, for, for example. Trump yeah. is kind of a playboy. He's very charismatic. He's very, um, he has a, a lot of charisma. But you, ca you can tell that he's also really good with women too. And the, the, the same understandings he has with women also transfers on to negotiation in business and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Tate, Andrew Tate, for example, too. So, yeah. Okay. So, for a total beginner... Like someone like doesn't know what he's doing with his like dating life, what would be like the advice you could give to a total newbie like that to just improve and get like quick result in their dating life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So personally, there's three big shifts that I made in my dating life to really go from not getting dates or getting maybe one date every two, three weeks or something like very inconsistent to getting like two, three dates a week whenever I want. F first of all, like you have to start approaching more women. Like most of you guys don't, are not getting dates because you don't have enough volume. Uh, 
you think you're approaching girls, but you're, you're not really. You're just swiping a few girls on Tinder and matching maybe with one or two, but there's not enough volume. You have to get yourself to approach in real life, get yourself to approach online. Online, the best thing is Instagram. You need to also build a social circle, have friends, have a lifestyle that attracts women too. Because if you're just a loner and trying to date girls without any lifestyle, it's not that good. You need to have friends. You need to have a, a certain attractive lifestyle. But yeah, I mean, you need to be on multi, multiple channels. Like you need to have cold approach on point. You need to be able to approach women in real life, whether daytime, during daytime or nighttime. You need to have a good online presence, a good social circle. That's what you need. And then take an action consistently. View it like a sport. View it like going to the gym. When you go to the gym, you go to the gym maybe two, three, four times a week and you show up consistently. And you know that if you don't show up, well, then you're not going to get any results. Well, it's the same thing with dating. You have to show up consistently, have enough conversations, put in the reps. And the more conversations you have, the more chances you have of converting into a date and then converting into sex. And... Um, it's really like a funnel, really. It starts, with a, it starts with an approach. Then from the approach, you have a conversation. Then from the conversation, you have a date. Then from the date, you have sex. And it's, it's a whole process. But it all starts with generating conversations. And the only way is either online or in real life. And so taking action, doing that, and working on your identity too. Like, what kind of man do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of woman do you want to attract? It really starts with having this strong understanding of yourself and of what kind of woman you want to attract, because from there, you're going to have a lot more clarity on, on, on like, you need to have a strong, because you, you need to have a strong why. If you don't have a strong why you're doing this, like, why are you dating girls? Why do you want to do this? If it's just to get laid and have sex, that's okay. That's, that's like a, a, what I call a, a lower self-motivation. That's like a lower self-motivation. Like, oh, I just want to get laid or, oh, I just want to get revenge or something from my girlfriend. Or That's a lower self-motivation. But like a higher self-motivation, a strong why would be like, oh, well, I want to become a great father someday. Well, I want to attract the highest quality partner I can so I can build a, a, a family one day and really like have those skills or whatever. And, and those higher self-motivations are what's going to get you to stick around and consistently show up in your dating life too. So really it starts with the internal too as well. So taking action consistently, having a multi-channel dating marketing and, and enough volume and, um, and your identity and, and all of that. And uh, you're not going to get there by yourself. Probably not. Uh, you probably need to be surrounded by other guys who are also good at this. Because if you're just doing this by yourself or reading books by yourself in your room, like, you, you, this is not going to evolve. Like, you need to have coaches, mentors, or guys surround yourself with wingmen who, who are also on the path to, to success with women, you know? All right. Yeah. So, I know dating and all that stuff is kind of a controversial industry in a it sense is, yeah so i'm very curious to know like how is it to evolve in this industry in the dating uh -huh. industry and business overall uh, when you're seen as uh, a dating coach basically mm. yeah i mean first of all you get a lot of backlash from people sometimes like what is this uh, this is a scam this is like blah 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 and like uh, a lot of people think um, like you can't actually evolve as a man and get successful with girls is just like we're just selling a dream but you can't actually like a lot of a lot of people think oh it can only be natural like you can't learn this there's no and so that's a big thing so a lot of skepticism a lot of skepticism from people and the industry is also tinted by a negative image of like you know the pick up artist stuff like a lot of guys over the years 
they portrayed like a very bad image of seduction because they portray this image of like uh, just reciting pickup lines and manipulating women and and like all of that and all these things also come into play because you know like m most people think that what we're doing what i'm doing as a dating coach is just like teaching guys how to manipulate women to have sex with them and stuff like that but it's not true it's actually the opposite of that we want to create like a win-win situation for both and it really comes from an understanding of psychology communication and it's it's way deeper than that i mean um way deeper so i think yeah the main obstacles is a lot of skepticism a lot of backlash sometimes people um just um don't understand like what it is you know uh and um and then also i mean a lot of guys who are interested in in like those services a lot of them are broke <laughs> a lot of them are broke there's less money in, in the dating industry than in the business coaching industry if i if i was a business coach i would make more money i'm pretty sure about that i would make more money as a business coach but i prefer dating i prefer teaching dating so maybe one day I might pivot, but it's just like, yeah, the money in this industry is there, but less than some other industries. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. So it's a personal choice. Uh, yeah. Then. Okay. So I'm pretty curious, like at first you, you weren't born like that and with all this knowledge. Uh, so how did you get to this point where you know all these things about dating, all these processes, all these systems? Um, so yeah how you went from total newbie to uh, a yeah. professional? So it's a great question. So first of all, I mean, when I started, uh, the main thing, and I'm sure you, you had that experience too, maybe you had a heartbreak, or maybe you were in love with a girl, and at some point, like, she loses interest for some reason, and all of a sudden, like, she breaks up with you, or something happens. And that triggers you, obviously, like, you get a bit angry or you get a bit like you want you question you're questioning yourself like why did this happen what is happening and you don't understand why why she's playing hard to get or why she's doing this or why and so it starts with life experiences like i had a few breakups a few things like that and i thought to myself like i don't want to be like that i want to understand why are things are happening and how i can avoid them and how to how to beat them like if a woman plays hard to get well how can i beat that how can i count, counteract that and i didn't uh, what's the counterattack you know I, mm -hmm. I, I i wanted to understand the game because i grew up around women i grew up i mean uh, i grew up with my mother and my sister most of the time my father was mainly living in france he was visiting us like once a month so i grew up around women i understood a bit woman but i didn't understand how to seduce them and retain them and attract them and like all these things and so from a very young age um, at the age of 16 17 i started watching videos on youtube about this like oh how can i attract a girl or how can i blah 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 how, when do i kiss a girl blah, blah, like you know those type of thing i had those and it's normal i think i bet some of you guys listening to this are also relating to that i mean it's a normal thing because i truly believe as a man you can't pretend to be a full stack man if you don't have the dating area optimized as well like you can't pretend to just be a full stack if you can you can't get girls like if you're a full stack guy you need to have everything on point the girls the money the fitness and so in my head i was like yeah i want to be full stack i don't want to be the guy who only makes money or who only has muscles and can't get girls i want to have everything and so from the get-go I, I i knew i had to prioritize this area as well from the get-go so i started reading books i started watching videos 
Then I bought a few courses when I was a student and I invested in my first mentor when I was 19, a bootcamp. It was a bootcamp program. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a bootcamp is, it's basically a live program where you go with a coach in real life for a few hours or a few days and um, you go out with him and you meet women with him, you date girls with him, you you have fun with him basically and he shows you what to do in real life with other women, you know, and so you can see from your own eyes what he's doing and he can give you feedback on what you're doing. So this is, I think this is one of the most practical ways of learning this. You can learn this online too, but at the end of the day, it comes to action in real life. And so having a boot camp or a real life program really helped me personally. And this is what made a big shift in, in everything from there on. From there on, I, I mean, from then on after the boot camp, I, I started getting results very quickly. And then I invested in other mentors, other courses. And from then on, it just kept improving, you know. Um, so, so then I started reading more books, uh, more programs, more stuff. And then eventually, like after a few months or after, years, after a few years of doing this, like you just internalize the right things and the right things become natural. It becomes second nature. Maybe in the, there's, four, there's four levels of competence, right? There's unconscious incompetence. Like you don't even know that you don't know. There's um, conscious incompetence. So you know that you don't know stuff, but yeah, you don't know how to do them. Then there's conscious competence, which means like you're, you're a bit competent, but it takes a lot of mental energy to do it and it's not natural yet. And then there's unconscious competence. And this is really the last level where like you do things naturally, just second nature. You've internalized all these habits and those practices. And this is really the, the level that I want all, all my clients, all my clients that work with me, I want them to go from unconscious competence or maybe conscious incompetence to something where it's they're unconsciously competent like they just know what to do and how to do it and just internalized and that's how you become smooth that's how you become natural charismatic etc because you've internalized the right practices so this is uh this is what it is and yeah coaches mentors books uh going out a lot taking action feedback uh recording myself i used to record i, I used to have a youtube channel when i was living in montreal and every week we would go out and film ourselves talking to girls, film ourselves talking to girls, making out with girls in the street, like having fun, you know? And that also helps when you see yourself on camera talking to women or you see yourself like interacting, it really uh, makes you understand like some of the things you need to change very quickly, mm -hmm. very, very quickly. So it's like public speakers, the best public speakers, they listen to themselves again or they, 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 they like on sales calls, I bet when you started, you recorded your sales calls maybe. Mm -hmm. So the same thing, you have to record yourself a bit just to kind of understand some of the things you do that, that are off, you know, and that, that you should probably change. So that's, uh, that's important. Yeah. Having a feedback loop, you need to have a feedback loop. What, what can I do better the next time? How can I do better in this interaction? And, uh, having this constant feedback loop also helps you improve very quickly. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. So I know you're a big chess player. So am, yeah. I'm really curious to know to know what are the similarities between like chess playing and business and dating too. <laughs> and dating as well, yeah. Yeah. So chess is uh is a very 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 good game when it comes to strategy and anticipating moves way ahead. Um and when it comes to business, I mean in business Uh, anytime you engage in any business practices, there's going to be risks involved. There's going to be an opportunity cost to every move you make. Whether you want to invest on ads, there's going to be an opportunity cost. Because if you invest that money on ads, maybe you don't invest that money on, on hiring another guy in your team. Or if you 
choose to post a lot of content on TikTok and Instagram, then you 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 spend less time prospecting and doing sales calls. And like, there's always a, an opportunity cost, and there's always things that you need to kind of anticipate. And in chess, this is the name of the game. I mean, whenever an opponent makes a move, you need to kind of see on the chessboard what is the smartest move that is that has the lowest opportunity cost, but the highest uh, yield of, uh, of of results and of of uh, like conquering more territory in the the chessboard, and so that's um, th- that's that's what it is in terms of chess and business. And in terms of dating, I see dating as I said as a funnel, a process, really. And uh, in chess, also, there's three stages of the game. In chess, there's an opening, uh, the the opening game. There's the middle game, and there's the end game. And so in chess, there's three stages: the opening game, the middle game, and the end game. And in dating, same thing. There's kind of the opening game. This is the phase where you get to know each other a bit. You build a bit of rapport. It's just the beginning. You guys don't know each other that much, and you're just starting out to to know each other. Then there's like the the middle game where you start dating a bit. Maybe you kiss a bit. Maybe you start you know escalating a bit. And then there's the end game, which is like after sex and maybe having a relationship and retaining her and and all of that. And that's another game. Like obtaining women is very different than retaining women. Those those that takes different sets of skills and practices too. A lot of guys are good at obtaining women, but they're really bad at retaining them and vice versa. A lot of guys are bad at re- at uh, obtaining them, but when it comes to long-term stuff and retaining the girl, they're good at that. So you have to be good at all stages of the game and same thing in chess. And the most important stage in chess is the, the middle game and the end game. The opening game, every everything is a bit... Uh, uh, similar, like people, I mean, the opening is not, I mean, it's important, but the most important thing is like the middle game and the end game. And same thing in um, business or dating. How you start out, how you approach a girl in the beginning, how you open her in the beginning, a girl is not going to fuck you because of your opener. Like, like your opener could be whatever. But what really matters is how you behave throughout the whole interaction, throughout the whole process. Because a lot of guys can fake it for a few minutes, but you can't fake it for a few hours. Like a lot of guys put on a facade of like, oh, I'm so cool, I'm blah, blah, blah. And like they try to look like James Bond in the beginning and like be so cool, etc. But then they come back to normal after a few minutes because it's not really their personality and the girl can sense it. And so the girls, the girls like can see the holes in the facade and then she ends up being being just uh, unattracted to him because she sees like he's not congruent. So same thing, you have to be congruent the whole time. You have to learn how to, yeah, how to maintain like a strong identity and a strong frame all the time. Um, and that comes from internal work as well. You need to work on yourself internally as well. Yeah. So when it comes to dating, uh, what are your three biggest shifts and what are the three biggest mistakes you made? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So when I started out, first of all, one of my biggest mistakes is really not having a clear strategy or process. I would just go out sometimes, get a drink with some friends, and maybe, if I'm lucky, maybe a girl would be hooked and I would sleep with her from a party or something. Maybe. But I didn't have a consistent process. And having a clear strategy and system is so important. 
What are you going to do on a weekly basis that's going to lead to you getting dates? What is your funnel? What is your process? Are you approaching women in real life during daytime, nighttime? Are you doing online with Instagram and dating apps? Are you doing social circle? What is your system? What is your strategy? Be very clear on that. Have a process, a funnel. If you don't have that, don't expect consistent results. Second thing, taking action consistently. I mean, a lot of you guys are not getting dates because you don't have enough volume. Pure and simply. I mean, you're approaching two girls a week and you think, you think you're going to be a super playboy. Like, no, you need to approach minimum 10, 20, 30 girls a week if you want to get consistent results and substantial results. I mean, it's, it's a numbers game as well. It's like sales in business. If you only talk to two prospects a week, like probably none of them are going to be interested or maybe one if you're lucky and like you don't have enough volume. So you need to have enough reach, enough traffic, enough eyeballs. Uh, and it's important to put yourself out there with women as much as possible. Market yourself. Stop staying home, working, and without seeing anyone, like just working like a geek. Like just go out. Go out more. Nothing happens at your house. Everything, ha ha if you think about it, nothing happens at your house, apart like from work and stuff. But like, if you want to make things happen, it's going to happen outside your house. Even if you work, try to work at least twice a week outside a little bit or try to take walks a few times a week or at least go out once a week to a club or to a bar. Make things happen. And a lot of you guys are valuable guys already. A lot of you guys that are listening to this, you're already entrepreneurs. You're already working on yourself. You're already going to the gym. So you're a good product already, but the marketing is off. You don't have any, a lot of reach. You're not marketing yourself enough. And so if you fix the marketing, if you fix the communication, you can have 10x, you can 10x your results. And that's what most guys come to me for is because they're already pretty valuable guys already. They're already succeeding in some level in their lives. And they want to also transfer on that success into the dating realm and, and have success there too. And I help them put the right systems there. Yeah. Okay. So earlier we talked about like dating and how psychology was important in dating. Yeah. What would be the most important like levers or psychology bias you would use uh, to your advantage uh, in dating? Mm -hmm. Well, um, in terms of psychology and cognitive biases, first of all, I mean, one thing that helped me a lot is the 25... Uh, the, the Psychology of Misjudgment by Charlie Munger. So Charlie Munger <laughs> is uh, the partner of Warren Buffett in Berkshire Hathaway. And he is huge on psychology and cognitive biases and, and stuff like that. And so I learned a lot of things about that. So there's many things you can use with women in terms of psychology. And there's a book also called Influence by Robert Cialdini. Amazing Famous. book. Yeah, if you, pair, if you pair Influence by Robert Cialdini with the 25 uh, cognitive biases by Charlie Munger, <laughs> like that, when you understand those two things, you can understand how to influence people like very quickly and, and how to take advantage of, uh, of their psychology to some extent without manipulating them like in, in a good way, you know, because even if you manipulate someone to buy something, if it's, if it's in their best interest to buy it and it's generally going to change their lives, then it's not really manipulation, like bad manipulation. It's like you're helping him make a decision. Yeah. Same thing with women. Uh, anytime I manipulate or I, I try to use their psychology in my advantage, I don't see that as like a badly, I see that as I'm, I'm really helping them make the right decision and I'm putting odds in my favor so that they can see the value in, in what we're doing together. 
Uh, and so in terms of psychology, I mean, you can use so many things. You can use reciprocity to your advantage. You can use scarcity to your advantage. You can use uh, the liking bias to your advantage, loss aversion bias when it comes to like having no fear of loss around women and understanding that. We, we tend to put more value on a loss than on potentially gaining something. And so with women, you need to kind of counteract that. With women, you need to also have this ability to uh, take risks and, and take uh, measured risks with women and like overcoming this fear of loss and loss aversion bias and stuff like that. But with women, man, I mean, a lot of things are with women in terms of psychology that I use. It's really, first of all, uh, the halo effect. When a person believes that you are a certain way, uh, like you are a certain type of guy, their psychology is, I mean, everything you do, they're way more likely to interpret it as, as that way because people don't want to be wrong. People, like our brain is a generalization machine. We like to generalize people. So whenever you present yourself a certain way, people like to generalize you and they make like a very quick decision of what type of guy you are. And then whatever, whatever thing you do, they associate that with their first perception of you. So halo effect uh, with my online presence and how I dress and how I show up. Uh, then reciprocity, scarcity. You know, there's, there's something called the Lollapalooza effect. I don't know if you heard of it. Never. Okay, so the Lollapalooza effect has been first described by Charlie Munger uh, because he there was a festival called the Lollapalooza festival. And basically, people in this festival, they used to mix a lot of drugs and a lot of, uh, a lot of substances and stuff like that. And they would drive them, it would drive them crazy. And um, there's an effect called the Lollapalooza effect where, where basically you can use multiple influence leverages to your advantage in a conversation or, or when you want to influence someone. So, for example, let's say I'm texting a girl and I want a girl to come to my party this week. Okay. I could say, hey, uh, want to come to my party? That's too basic. You, you're not leveraging psychology here. But if you say, hey, um, my girlfriends and I were going to a party and uh, we only have a few spots left in our, in our limousine, for example. Uh, there's only two spots left um, and uh, everybody's going there and there's only like, you need to tell me by tomorrow because everybody has to confirm, etc. You, you're putting a lot of, you're, you're putting social proof. Like me and my girls are going to this party, social proof. You're putting scarcity. Like, oh, you know, you need to tell me by tomorrow, etc. You're putting... Um, uh, how can you say there's scarcity and there's also another one urgency. urgency you're putting you're putting all these type of things and it's like it's like in an e-commerce store yeah. in an e-commerce store what do you see you see like okay there's only four items left oh this guy bought two minutes ago oh uh, there this thing and reviews also testimonials and all these things that's a Lollapalooza effect it's like multiple influence leverages at the same time and so same thing with women you can you can do that uh, for an after party let's say I'm meeting a girl in a club. I can say, hey, um, my friends and I, we're going to this after party and um, yeah, we're leaving right now because we only have two spots in the Uber and, and this and that and it's going to be fun and blah, blah, blah. And I can put a lot of influence leverages. I know how, how, how I'm, I'm explaining it right now doesn't sound crazy, but like it really helps to understand like those influence leverages, like scarcity, urgency, uh, liking, social proof, like all these things help in psychology when it comes to convincing people or stuff like that. There's also something, um, it's called the reason respecting tendency, where basically people are going to be more likely to agree to do something for you if you provide a reason for them to do something. So if you just tell a girl to come home with you, 
it, it, there's no real reason. There's no like plausible deniability. But if you say, hey, you know, this club is getting boring and, and blah, 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 and it's going to close soon, uh, come to my house because there's a great view and we can get some wine and blah, blah, blah. If you say that, she's way more likely to come because you're providing her a reason and, and stuff like that. And so she can backward rationalize things. Same thing. I mean, they made an experiment where people were basically standing in line in, in front of a, a copying machine. And uh, people were standing in line there. And a, a psychologist made an, ex an experiment like either they directly ask the people like, hey, can I, can I go in front of you? Or they provide a reason like, hey, can I go in front of you because I have to run to my car or because I have the kids waiting? Guess what? When they didn't provide a reason, 90% of people said no. So, hey, can I come in front of you? No, sorry, I, I'm always before you. <laughs> but if you provide a reason like, hey, can I come in front of you because I have to run now? Just because. Most people say, okay, yeah, you can go. 90% of the time, because our brain likes to have a reason for why they do something, even if, even if the reason is a bit irrelevant or is bullshit, just like that, the reason respecting tendency. So this helps with women when it comes to leading stuff or like providing a reason, providing plausible deniability, because women don't want to have the responsibility of assuming the leadership. Like they don't want to, they want things to magically just happen. You have to make a woman feel like, like things are magically just happening. And she has no responsibility in like having sex with you. You just led the whole thing and it just happened. And so every time you need to provide a reason, provide her plausible deniability and be smooth about the whole process so that she feels like she just got swept off her feet and she magically landed on your dick. You know, <laughs> like, you know that's, that's, that's the thing. So anyway, I mean, there's so many things, but those are the main things. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dimo.